0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another MedTeach On The Go podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Middleton, the Director of Faculty Development at Ohio Health. And today, we're going to be talking about resident remediation strategies. So I don't know about you, but I find working with residents who are struggling and in need of a remediation plan to be among the biggest challenges of the things that I do as a medical educator. The situations are often very stressful. They tend to have a lot of emotional overlay. So our goal with today's webinar, and we'll kind of give you the PLDR in the podcast, is to help remove some of that stress by providing some structure for the process. So today we talked about classifying learners' difficulties as being cognitive or non-cognitive, and then designing tailored interventions um, based on those. So let's talk a little bit about um, the difference between non-cognitive versus cognitive struggles. And if you have a resident who has come to mind, maybe a resident that is what brought you to this podcast today in the first place, feel free to use that concrete example um, as we talk through these. So non-cognitive issues are those quote unquote, personality affect issues. It is those residents whose interpersonal skills are kinda low. They have low emotional intelligence or EQ. They're the residents who are struggling with professionalism issues who are burned out or have a mood disorder or an addiction or a personality disorder. And those are the primary issues behind their their struggle. Yes, they may have some cognitive knowledge issues as a result of not being able to work effectively, but the underlying issue is the non-cognitive issue. As opposed to residents whose primary struggle is purely cognitive, meaning thinking. So their knowledge is just not where it should be. Maybe their medical school didn't do the best job preparing them or they didn't take full uh, advantage of opportunities that they had before coming into residency to really build their knowledge base. Maybe the effort that they're putting forth is just not as much as it needs to be. Maybe the expectations were different on their last rotation than the rotation that they're on now. And last but not least, and really important to keep in mind, is you may have a resident with an undiagnosed learning disability, or the newer term is a neurocognitive atypia. Residents tend to be pretty bright and they often can compensate unknowingly for some of these um, atypias all the way through their educational career and then finally hit that proverbial wall in residency when things start to get really tough and the information overload just becomes crushing. And we'll talk about um, tips to help identify those residents who are struggling um, with a neurocognitive atypia. But the first step in figuring out what's going on with your resident um, is to think within this framework. And I encourage you to use the SOAP model for resident remediation. And those of you who are familiar with the Gurusaro text on um, remediation of the struggling medical learner, she outlines this in there very nicely. It is to think about tracking first, subjectively, what are your feelings, what are the other faculty members' feelings regarding this learner? And you might think, ah, what if feelings matter, we just need to get into the facts. The feelings do matter because as experienced medical educators, the fact that you are all uncomfortable or frustrated or disappointed in your learner is a really important clue to whatever is going on underneath that. And acknowledging that can really unlock opening up the doors to consider more deeply what the objective issues are. So the first step in our resident remediation SOAP is to think about what the subjective reactions are of others to your learner who is struggling. The O, of course, is the objective observations that have been noted that are leading to concern with your resident. They're chronically late. Their documentation is never on time. They're not returning pages in a timely manner. Um, Whatever the specific uh, of those issues are, write them out in B super specific. Again, the SOAP outline is not intended as something that you are going to necessarily share every detail with your resident, but it is a jumping off point to help you create a plan that you will share with them that will comprehensively manage what's going on with them. So after you've thought about your S, your subjective feelings, and documented carefully, your O, your objective observations of your struggling learner, it's time to start making an assessment. So the A of your SOAP. And this is where that non-cognitive versus cognitive categorization becomes very important. So What's going on with your resident? And it may be a mix of both. That happens all the time. But is there one that you think tends to be the more dominant feeling? Are they potentially getting a little down and sad and nude because their knowledge base isn't where their peers is and they're getting disheartened? Or are they not learning effectively because they have an underlying depression that's not been diagnosed and needs to be treated? Sometimes it's hard to tease those pieces about, but make your first best guess as you're going through, because whatever you think the primary underlying issue is, that's what you want to address first as much as possible. And you may have a learner, if they have multiple struggles, that you'll think, gosh, this list is really long. You've got to start somewhere. Start with the biggest issue that you think is the primary issue. And then in future mediation plans, you can always go back and address other issues if you need to. So divide things into whether you think it's a non-cognitive versus a cognitive issue. And then you can complete your um, assessment by thinking about strategies. And now we're kind of moving into that plan. So in my brain, assessment and plan always kind of smoosh together when I'm taking care of patients. And it works that way for remediation too. So for non-cognitive issues, what sort of strategies might you try? I strongly recommend Having your learner's learning style identified, um, if it's not been previously done so formally, those instruments are available in many places online and or your health system or university may have a learning department that can assist with that. So I'm talking about the Honey Mumford or sometimes known as the cold learning styles. Are they a doer? Are they a reflector? Are they a theorist? Or are they a pragmatist or practical applicator? And that can be super helpful in terms of putting together what their plan is gonna be because you wanna use strategies um, that build on their strengths. It may be helpful for non-cognitive issues to have them evaluated by a professional. At Ohio Health, we have practitioner health and wellness that is available to assist us with those evaluations for our residents. They can help with making diagnoses such as depression, such as generalized anxiety disorder. Um, they assist with residents who may be struggling with addiction. So having some assistance and some outside help, I really discourage you trying to make these diagnoses and manage them on your own. Um, It can be tempting, especially for those of you who are in primary care, to be like, yep, I'm pretty confident this person is depressed. I'm just going to prescribe them some Prozac. Please don't do that. Separate that medical care for that issue that is going on and keep your role uh, clear um, and bounded as the educator. Your learner may benefit from some coaching, especially if communication skills are part of their challenge. We have certified coaches um, at Ohio Health. You might look into other such things if you're in different health systems. And last but not least, um, I really find a time study to be an invaluable tool to gather more information and also to reassess how struggling learners are doing. If you'd like more information and an example of what a time study looks like, I encourage you to check out uh, the website webinar from uh, today, uh, December 9th, 2020, on our MedTeach On The Go website. For our learners who are primarily struggling in the cognitive domain, we're going to think more in the realms that a lot of us are more comfortable as medical educators. They need a structured learning plan. Ideally, you're going to fit that to their Honey Mumford learning style. So, for example, a doer is probably not going to be super happy with a learning plan that involves reading some uh, chapters or taking some practice questions and then sitting down and having, you know, lengthy in-depth discussions about them with an advisor. A reflector or theorist might really like that, on the other hand. So, be thoughtful about how you put that plan together. Some learners will benefit from taking test-taking classes uh, to improve their test skills. Their knowledge may be great. They just may need some help with um, test-taking. And last but not least, don't neglect the possibility of a neuropsychiatric assessment. Here at Ohio Health, our practitioner health and wellness um, team can assist with those referrals. If you're concerned about a neurocognitive atypia and or if you're having difficulty disentangling which is the bigger issue, an underlying mood issue or a knowledge issue, that can be very helpful to do. So if you'd like more um, details and some examples of some interesting neuropsychiatric assessments I've um, seen in my career, those are available on the webinar as well. But the bottom line is, as you're putting together your plan, make sure that you include regular follow-up, that you are directly observing your learner to ensure that they are improving and that you're reassessing them and, um, you know, making changes and tweaks sooner rather than later to help keep them on the road to success. I strongly encourage the use of the SMART goal system when you're writing the goals in a remediation plan, meaning that they are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And there are more examples of that and more details about that in today's webinar if you are interested. So that's our MedTeach On The Go podcast for today. When you have learners who are struggling, try to categorize their difficulties as non-cognitive or cognitive. For non-cognitive difficulties, think about assessing their learning style, having them evaluated for underlying mood disorders, referring them for coaching, and undertaking time studies to get more information. For your learners who are struggling, With more cognitive issues, structured learning plans, test-taking classes, and neuropsychiatric assessment can be very helpful. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today. I'm Dr. Jen Middleton, and this has been MedTeach on the Go for December 9th, 2020.